Hey there, everyone, and welcome to Twist Out Cancer's Brushes with Cancer Spotlights. I'm Lindsay, and today we are talking with Kenny Lappins and his inspiration, Kelly Kim Eng, who are participating in the 2023 Brushes with Cancer Chicago program, which includes participants from 14 states and six countries. We'll talk about their involvement with Twist Out Cancer, how they became participants in the Brushes with Cancer program, how their connection unfolded and developed, and what they continue carrying with them from their experience together. Hi, I'm Kelly Kimang. I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer in May of 2022. And I'm Kenny Lappins. I am an acrylic on canvas painter. All right. So I would love to know how both of you came to Twist Out Cancer and the Brushes with Cancer program. And Kenny, I think you've been involved with them for a while. Is that correct? I have. I actually got involved right at the very beginning, 10 years ago. I was involved in a pro bono creative project that Twist Out Cancer was the client. And I was the copywriter on that project and actually came up with the tagline that Twisted Cancer still uses Share, Connect, Heal, and wrote some brochure copy and stuff like that. So I've been involved for a long time. And then several years later, I uh, started painting and got in touch with Jenna and said, hey, you know, I'm a painter now. Remember me? I'm the guy that wrote your stuff. And I'd love to get involved with the program. She goes, oh, sure. Come on up. So then, and since then, I've, uh, I've increased my involvement even further. I'm now on the advisory board of Brushes with Cancer, or Twisted Cancer, and uh I've been on the host committee for the Brushes program a couple times. And wow. So yeah. That's mm-hmm. amazing. All right, Kelly, how did you find Twist Out Cancer and the Brushes with Cancer program? I, after being diagnosed, I was just researching organizations and different support systems. And this one was really unique to me. And I have a history. I majored in art to begin with and that kind of thing. So this offered me an opportunity to collaborate with someone else who could hopefully share my experience. Wow. Okay. So can you take me to, I guess, where you were in your cancer journey when you were seeking out uh, another way to share your story? I was actually in recovery. I was lucky. I had surgery. And so I was actually in the clear for several months before I actually applied to the program. Wow, that's great. So what was it that you were like, okay, I'm ready to share my story? Or I don't know, were you ready to share it at that point? Or were you just sort of looking around? I didn't even consider sharing it because (laughs) I mean, it's something that people don't really talk about. And when you do talk about it, they're so taken aback that you're being so vulnerable about something. But I think that it's very important to do that. It shows you know, people, it's okay to talk about these things, that life happens, and it's actually pretty courageous. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so, okay, so tell me about, I guess, the beginning of your collaboration process. What was your first meeting like? And I don't know, were you nervous or excited before you got to speak to each other for the first time? Kenny reached out first, I believe, and I was completely clueless about what was going on. I was like, I got picked to do this, but I don't know what I signed up for really. So <laughs> that, make, that makes sense for my life. I'm like, let me just throw myself in here. So we met, I guess you could say on Zoom during yeah. the introductory call. And then we um, spoke afterwards, probably a couple of days or like a week later, mm-hmm. just the two of us. 
Right. Yeah, you know, and, and I have been, this is my fourth time as a participant in the Brushes with Cancer program and, you know, and also being on the advisory board. So I wasn't nervous at all and, and knew what to expect, which I think was a good thing for Kelly so that she, you know, felt at ease that she's with somebody oh, yeah. who could do all the hard, all the hard work. You know, and my my main concern with this program is that I'm a pretty specific kind of painter. I paint cityscapes generally. And so I, I'm always a little bit nervous when I get involved in a program like this where I need to tell someone's story because the way I could tell a story is by showing a place. And in the past, I've worked out with my inspirations. You know, we've we've worked together to find a place that has meaning to their story uh, and it has been successful so far. And then when I was talking to Kelly, we were trying to figure out how I could represent her story in a place painting. Mm. And she said, well, you know, there's a thing that I do every day to make myself feel good. And that's I go and look at the sunset or the sunrise in this particular place. And I take a picture and I'm like, well, you know, say no more. That's perfect. (laughs) And then she said something really amazing. She said, seeing a beautiful sky on a terrible day can change your outlook. The sky serves as a reminder that the only certainty in life is change. And I'm like, could you possibly have said anything more perfect (laughs) to an artist to inspire him to paint a painting? (laughs) So the the painting that I ultimately did, which was a, you know, she sent me a couple of reference photos of, of this sunset that she looks at from this one spot. And I, uh, you know, I took one of them and, and put it up on my big screen and looked at it as, as I was painting. And I named the painting Beautiful Sky in a Terrible Day. Oh. And, it, and it's a painting of, you know, the, the clouds and, uh, and the sky and, and the two buildings that she sees when she looks at her, her little scene. Uh, and and, and the, the, the funny little note that I'll add is that I, <laughs> I've never really been very good at painting clouds before. And so I watched a Bob Ross video on YouTube <laughs> right, right before I started. I got some tips and it worked out just great. So I'm really happy with that. I love that. Well, Kelly, tell me about this place that you go to. Where is it and how did you start uh, watching the sunset there? Well, like Kenny said, he was like, can't you, can you think of a place that, you know, makes you feel comfortable at home or, you know, something that you missed when you were in the hospital and I couldn't really think of anything because I live in an apartment, you know, it's not really very homey to me. And then I stayed with my parents after I had surgery. So there was very few places that I could think of. But one thing that I was unable to do was literally go outside and just see the sky. So and I frequently would just walk out, walk my dog in the morning or in the evening. And despite my surroundings in the middle of the city, and this awful overpass that by me, I had really, though, I really missed that when I wasn't able to ambulate by myself or when I was laying in bed, just sleeping. It reminded me how grateful I am for those things. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, tell me a little bit about your dog. <laughs> and how is your dog with you or not with you during your cancer journey? He was with me. He is actually afraid of water. So that's fun because every time I would cry, she would run away. So it was 
the exact opposite of what an emotional support animal should be. But <laughs> I loved her anyways. And she finally figured out that there was, oh, there's something wrong with my mom. I can't jump on her anymore. So she was great. And she just turned six a few days ago. So she's six going on two. She still does not <laughs> listen to me at all. So <laughs> that's great. That's so funny. Okay. So tell me, I guess, when you were in your meetings with each other, what were some of the things that sort of came up and maybe helped you develop your working relationship? And I guess any one moment that stands out for either of you beyond the, the I guess, the inspiration spark? Well, for me, it was really easy, as you can tell, to talk to Kelly. She's very personable and, <laughs> and, and funny. So, you know, that went well. That went far to, to help us forge a relationship that we could, you know, work together on a piece of art. And then I, you know, I asked her to take some reference photos for me and she very eagerly did that and sent me some really beautiful photos with some oranges and pinks and just a beautiful sky, which literally inspired me. And it wasn't even like, oh, I'm, she's my inspiration. I'm the artist and that's blah, blah, blah. It literally inspired me to, to paint the painting that I ultimately did because the colors were just so vibrant and the sunset, or I actually don't even know if it was a sunset or sunrise to tell you the truth. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> was just so perfect. It was a great picture. I still have them on my phone. I, I scroll by them every once in a while. Uh, so, you know, so we talked a little bit about, you know, how I could capture her journey through a place photo. And we got to know each other a little bit about, you know, our, our individual stories, because I'm also a cancer survivor. So I, we, we talked a little bit about that and, and how, you know, working with brushes with cancer helps me as well to, I volunteer quite a bit, but there are only a few things that I do that are really special to me. And two of them are involved with postdoc cancer. That first one, I was talking about that, the, the pro bono project that I worked on, uh, you know, that organization is actually no longer around, but I have been able to volunteer as a copywriter. So using my writing art to give back mm. to nonprofits that, you know, could never afford to work with a, you know, a big Chicago agency. And then also Twist Out Cancer, where I'm able to use my artistic ability to help people in their cancer journey. And it's just so satisfying to me to be able to do that. And, you know, talking to Kelly and, and hearing her story and hearing how she, you know, she, she looks at the sky as this messenger just really helped us forge a, a strong working relationship. Yeah. And Kelly, what were some of your favorite moments during the collaboration? I understand like hearing about Kenny's journey helped you share more about your own. It did. I was very interested to know how they matched people up, which he did explain to me because I was I was like, is this just a random process or is there some logical sequencing going on here? And it actually is. There's a process behind it, how they match people up. And I thought it was really unique because we both had sort of similar stories. I walked in one day into the emergency room and didn't know anything was wrong with me. And he had sort of a similar experience where it was like, you have a very small chance, like eight to 10%. And, mm -hmm. you know, and then it all of a sudden they're like, well, that eight to 10%, you landed in it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Indeed. and that was something that not many people experience because a lot of people, you know, have symptoms beforehand or are preparing or go through a process. And I literally was fine one day and walked in the next and, it was just, I, it was just 
an unbelievable experience and to have somebody else have sort of a similar experience, but also him having had, you know, experience with the program as well. It was great. And I think it allowed me to open up a lot more just because it's really difficult to explain how you feel post-operation when you weren't expecting an operation or weren't expecting this to happen at all. Yeah. Indeed. So, yeah, I guess take me a little bit into that moment, Kelly. How did you end up in the ER and what was the timeline between diagnosis and hospitalization? I walked into the ER on May 25th of 2022 and I thought, you know, that I had some sort of stomach issue going on. Very interesting. I walk in and they're like, are you pregnant? And I was like, no, I'm not pregnant. And they were like, are you positive? And I'm like, I am not pregnant. Please leave me alone. So they finally take me up for a CT scan and wheel me up. And I'm getting, I'm feeling awful by this point. And I'm like, I can't breathe. And I just felt really weird. And then they brought me back downstairs and then they brought me up for another CT scan. And that's when I knew something was wrong. Mm. So I'm actually a nurse. (laughs) Wow. The doctor came to the bedside and he said, you have a very large ovarian cyst. And he didn't tell me how big it was. And he said, we can't provide care for you here. So we have to transfer you out. And that's when I found out the cyst was eight pounds. The growth in my body was eight. Yeah, it was eight pounds. Yeah. So I I can't even imagine. Mm -hmm. Did it, had it changed your physical shape at all? No, that's the funny part. I was in a bathing suit the day before. So I had absolutely no idea. I thought I pulled a muscle doing yoga or something. And, you know, so when they transferred me out, I got to the hospital, met with the oncologist, and they were almost positive. They were like, it's, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, it's just going to be a cyst. It's a very small percentage. And, and then when I woke up the next day, or while well, I had surgery the following day, immediately after to get the cyst out before it ruptured, obviously, because that would be very bad. Eight pounds of fluid floating around in your body that's not supposed to be there. They came in and I guess they told me when I woke up, which I don't know why they ever tell people anything under anesthesia because you don't remember, but <laughs> they, the nurse practitioner walked in the next day and she's like, yes, we found cancerous cells and still remember just staring at her thinking, what? Like, this can't be happening right now. This isn't, this is not real. It just felt so surreal and like it, it still feels like that sometimes. So that was Memorial Day weekend. And then I found out roughly a few days later because I logged in and looked at the report myself. But I think June 11th was when I was diagnosed. Yeah. And I had a similar experience when I was starting a new job. I had a pre-employment physical and the company nurse practitioner was looking me over and said, hey, you've got a, a swelling here in your lymph nodes and you're growing. I'm like, next time you see your doctor, just tell them about it. I'm sure it's nothing. And I went to see my doctor uh, and I, he said, yeah, you know, it's probably nothing. It's probably just an infection. I'll give you an antibiotic and it'll go away. And It didn't go away. And I asked my doctor what the next thing to do. And he goes, well, let's just wait and see. And like, I'm not the kind of guy who waits and sees. <laughs> what would we do in six months after we've waited and seen? And he said, well, we would do a biopsy. He said, okay, well, let's do that now. So they did a biopsy and sure enough, I had a lumpectomy and they biopsied it and it was non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And not only was it in my groin, but it was everywhere. I had stage four 
not Hodgkin's lymphoma. It was wow. on, on the top and the bottom and the left and the right, as they say. And uh, you know, I started chemotherapy almost immediately after that. And the rest is history. Wow. That's amazing that the two of you <laughs> have such similar experiences with such different, I guess, types of cancer. Yeah. So, and especially because, you know, you both kind of found out in a surprise way. <laughs> right. Yeah. Out of, yeah. Out of the, I had, and I, you know, even throughout treatment, I had no symptoms. I had no side effects. I didn't have any side effects from the chemotherapy either. So honestly, it felt, it feels like it never happened. If someone next year comes to me and says, yeah, the whole thing was a prank. You never really had cancer to begin with. I would be like, yeah, I, I never felt anything. I'm not surprised. I didn't even lose my hair. I, I And I have two children and we didn't tell them anything <laughs> because- wow. We didn't tell them because the kind of cancer I had, it was very unlikely that anything really bad was going to happen. So unless my hair fell out or something and there was something that they could notice, we weren't going to tell them right away because it'll just scare them. They were, you know, five and eight yeah. at the time. And uh, and I didn't have any side effects in the chemotherapy. My hair never fell out. I didn't have any symptoms of the disease, except that prednisone made me angry. Oh. Uh, and actually, <laughs> the funny thing Sounds is that- that right. <laughs> yeah, a couple, couple years later, uh, my daughter and I were participating in a Relay for Life uh, walk, and uh, we were, I was involved in the survivor lap, and she was on my shoulders. Still didn't know why we were doing it, because we just did that anyway. It was one of the volunteer <laughs> things that we did. But we were photographed, and in the newspaper the next day, and the babysitter sometime later asked my daughter, hey, how's your dad? Is he better? And she said, why? What do you mean? Guess what? He had cancer. And she said, he had what? <laughs> so that's how she found out. And, you know, the babysitter felt bad, but, I, you know, ultimately, <laughs> she's a part of our family. And I, I told her, don't you worry. That was a perfectly good way for my daughter to find out. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Well, Kelly, it sounds like you had quite a few more side effects or, you know, from yours. Was it just from the surgery or what was your experience during your recovery? Well, prior to surgery, like I said, I felt pretty good, except I was like, oh, I'm a little bloated, probably ate something wrong or did something during yoga. And then after surgery, they tell you, you know, don't lift anything more than eight pounds. And I'm a very active person usually. And <laughs> I couldn't walk my dog. I couldn't go up and down the stairs. I was like, this is not fun. This is, I did not expect it to be that difficult because they told me it was like, they were like, you're looking at like three months. And I was like, but you didn't, most of it was laparoscopic. It should be fine. <laughs> I just didn't realize how badly I felt until I started to feel better. And then life came around and whooped me in the butt again, when apparently since they took everything out all at one time, my immune response was sort of left over, if you will. And so then I just wound up testing positive for everything in the world you could be allergic to from coffee to eggs to lettuce I was reacting to all of it so I've actually I actually left my last job because I my body was just still not ready to work again and to be put under that kind of pressure and that's taken a lot of getting used to because I'm still not capable of some of the things that I was before and that's difficult sometimes yeah what are the ways that you're sort of coping with that change or trying to reshape your life? I would say that I really try to treat other people with kindness and I forget to treat myself with kindness a lot. Mm. So 
I think that's been a large part of it. I try not to be so hard on myself. And I think that a lot of people can relate to that no matter what you're going through. It's just sometimes you're just, you just need to be nicer to yourself <laughs> um, overall. See, she, okay. says these, she says these inspirational things all the time. They just come <laughs> out of her. Yeah, be nicer to yourself. It's something mm -hmm. that everyone can practice more of. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. I think it's been amazing hearing the two of you talk about your experience together. And for anyone who is looking to get involved with Twist Out Cancer or who might be considering applying to the Brushes with Cancer program, what would you say to them? And what are some of the things that you've gotten out of it that they could look forward to? Well, the program has been entirely um, beneficial to me in so many ways. It, it, first of all, just in a selfish way, it's helped forward my art career. So as an artist, this is a great way to get exposure. Um, anyway, your art is auctioned off at a gala. I mean, how many times does an artist have that opportunity, right? <laughs> but besides that, that, that selfish part of it, it's just really great, like I said before, to give back in a way that is only in a way that only I can do as an artist in my specific way and to meet people in this artist inspiration, kind of a mentor mentee relationship where you're working together to both create a piece of art and help get through the cancer journey. Just another kind of healing, you know, sharing together connecting together and, and healing together. It's really an amazing program in, from both sides because I was an inspiration last year. So I was able to experience the program from that angle as well. There's just so many benefits that, that a person can get on, on either side of the, uh, of the relationship. Yeah. And Kelly, what about you? You have found this program, but also you were an artist in college. And are you thinking maybe you might apply again as an artist? I actually am thinking about that because I picked up a camera for the first time in 18 years this year. Excellent. So yeah, I actually would like to apply once I have a portfolio again, because everything that I have is on film because that's how long ago it was. And I don't even know where to get those developed anymore. So we have to work on that. But I would like to see the other side of the program as well. I mean, I think it's a really just unique opportunity. There's a lot of organizations out there where, you know, you tell a story and it doesn't really, it's shared, but it doesn't really go anywhere. You know, it's meaning stops at a certain point or a lot of the, you know, organizations out there also, that make, makes any sense. And I don't think that's, you're allowed to be angry. Anyone's allowed to be angry at whatever they like. But I was looking for a more productive way to, I guess, make a, not make a difference. Well, I guess make a difference, but to let people know that it's okay to talk about these things. It's not something to be ashamed of. You don't have to keep it a secret. It's something that you went through. It's part of who you are now, and it's going to continue to be a part of you, no matter how you process it or when you process it. Indeed. Yeah, I can I can verify that from a professional copywriter standpoint, the voice and tone of brushes cancer and the twist out cancer organization does not include the aggressive F cancer kind of attitude. It's it's more of a let's heal together and, and come together as a community and through that, you know, get a shared 
experience that will help us to become better people and heal ourselves. Exactly. Exactly.